Before we wander on into the episode, I just want to make sure that everyone goes out there and hits up the YouTube, check out the Spotify, check out Apple, wherever you're listening or watching to this ep- uh, podcast, is to go down, like it, subscribe, hit the bell if it's YouTube, make sure you're getting those reminders. We do put these out every week, um, so make sure you do to do all that. It helps us out, and in the long run, we can make better things. So again, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Again, five, six times, you're gonna feel you're gonna feel it. You're gonna be like, okay, we can keep going. We can get to the top here. We can keep this a chugging away. And all of a sudden you feel way better on this hike. You really do if you do you wander our way over. Because this is wandering ways. What's Bigfoot possibility? Clink. What's up, what's up, everybody? Uh, Special edition of the podcast today as I am a little bit solo on this one. Uh, No worries. We're just going to keep chugging on. As I chug uh, my water, you know. But anyways, solo so today with the Reverend, we're talking all things kind of health and fitness while keeping it uh, related to nature and all of those nature things. Um, We're talking about how to prep for these long adventures today. So we're talking longer hikes. Um, back whether it's a 12 miler or backpacking or that long term we're going to talk about how to maybe train for that Uh, we're also going to talk about how to survive a long hike or maybe a short short hike that has a lot of um, heat or maybe it's cold um, those type of things Um, but we are going to Yeah, we're going to go through all those things. You know, hopefully uh, Ranger Zach is listening to this one because he probably needs uh, some of the help on this one for uh, surviving some hikes because he is known to not uh, to end up puking at the end. Uh, Hawaii Volcanoes is a great example of that. We've talked about it before. So if you haven't heard that story, make sure you go back listen to some of the other episodes um the specifically kind of our review of oahu uh that's where you'll hear that story um but just in general here uh make sure you are going back and listening to some of the other episodes Uh, there's a lot of fun ones out there uh there's another solo episode of just me uh, back there that you can look at and that's like my favorite fitness thing, health fitness things that I do that incorporate being out there in nature. Um, so let's, um, before we jump in, normally there's banter going on between uh, Ranger Zach and myself. I don't got that banter because uh, it's just me today. Um, so I'm just going to give a little bit of update slash... I don't know. Hit me up. Um, This is where the I don't know comes into. Hit me up and um, I will send you some stickers. Um, I want to make it specifically for the people listening to the solo. So 
So I've got a fat stack of stickers here of the album cover. So if you go and either you hit me up on Instagram, uh, Reverend Marcus on Instagram, uh, check out my Twitter, Reverend Marcus. That's always a good place too. Or if you comment on the YouTube, um, comment below with um, your favorite kind of fitness tip or fitness trend that has to do with nature. So like if you prefer to go on trail runs, maybe that's your thing. Put your name in there, trail run on YouTube or hit me up and uh, I'll select someone at random. Uh, I use Excel to pick random stuff. So I do try to keep it as random as random can be. But go on there, comment in YouTube or hit me up on the Twitter at Reverend Marcus or Instagram at Reverend Marcus with your favorite thing that's fitness or health related that is also outside in nature. And then I will select somebody to go home with a nice fat stack of stickers because um, I have a bunch of them and I want I want some Wandering Ways swag out there. I want people to show off that Wandering Ways swag. Um, but <clears throat> we'll jump in, you know, talking fitness. Uh, this is everything that I love. Uh, the Reverend of Rehab, Mobility Mark. It is Reverend Marcus, and we are doing some fitness stuff, the unathletic trainer. We're going to start with how to plan training, how to prep. So this is before that hike even happens. You've decided your destination, whether it's that through, uh, through hike, like a PCT, Appalachian, or the Continental Divide. Um, or maybe it's just a weekend backpacking trip. You're hiking nine miles a day. Maybe it's a long day hike, that 12 miler. You know, maybe you're doing something like a South Sister where it's six miles up, six miles down. That's very taxing on the old body. So you've decided that and now it's time to prep. Easiest way to say it is you got to get out and you kind of just got to walk. Um, that's that's the easiest way to do it is to get out and walk like 30 to an hour a day. Um, so if you say you have no experience with fitness at all, you have no background, no training um, whatsoever, but you want to do this cool hike, just start walking to begin with. It's Walking is truly an incredible thing. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, undervalue the power of walking because it is uh, such a simple thing. Uh, and it could start with walking that mile, you know, walk a mile, don't walk, and then walk back a mile. That's two miles that you've walked. Walk half mile, walk back, walk around the block. Just start walking. That's going to be the main thing because that is essentially what hiking is. Um, but you, the trick is you can't just go out and do a mile here and then like later, another time that week, you do another mile. Maybe if you're really untrained, that's how you start, but you got to build consistency. You've got to be doing uh, a mile or two at the beginning, you know, three, four, maybe five times a week, ideally seven times a week because walking is very low um, load on the body. So you can do quite a bit of it, but if you aren't trained or maybe you just haven't done anything in, 
I don't know how long. Uh, you may have to start a little bit slower, um, but if you are adventurers out there, you've probably done some hiking of some sort. So get out there and hike. That's super, super beneficial. Start adding some incline, find that favorite hill, go start um, walking up that. It can be pavement to start, then find some stuff through the park, um, that kind of thing. But walking is going to be one of the more important things. Uh, if you're looking to spice it up, you know, maybe you're like, Mark, listen, I like walking. I walk quite a bit, but I want to do something a little bit more, a little bit extra, a little bit more spicy. Um, the spicier version of walking is obviously running, going for a jog, you know, and again, that doesn't have to be crazy. Um, in fact, if you do want to start jogging or running in that standpoint, I would encourage you to do what's called zone two cardio. Um, and zone two has to do with the range in your heart rate. So it's actually a relatively low heart rate. Uh, the best way, if you don't have a heart rate monitor to monitor your heart rate when you're out for a run is talking pace. Talking pace is as you're running, you can keep a conversation the whole time, similar to what I'm doing right now, where I'm talking, I'm going, it's pretty easy. I don't really have to, I have to take a big breath every now and then, um, as you're probably all hearing on the podcast right now. Um, but that's, that's, that's what you have when you're in zone two. Find a buddy to go with, chat it up, have your daily conversation. Or maybe put in a Bluetooth headphone uh, and call someone. Uh, calling someone is also a great way or thing to do if you're walking, if you are looking to walk. Um, I try to have some like phone meetings or phone conversations if I do have them. I don't have very many. Um, I'm a busy, busy person. So sometimes it's hard for me to uh, justify calling someone just for kicks and giggles. But when I do, I try to uh, be out walking. Um, it's just... I like to stay moving because motion is the potion, um, you know, so you want to get out there. Uh, that zone two cardio, you can do that. Uh, there's a lot of recommendations health-wise uh, to actually do that zone two cardio uh, like every day, uh, like anywhere from like 30 to, to an hour of that zone two. Walking fits zone two. Um, it just isn't as impactful on the ground as like a jog at zone two. It's a little bit, a jog is a little bit faster than a walk, obviously. Um, but I love zone two cardio training. Um, I spend one day a week doing long runs at like zone two. I flirt around with zone, T, uh, zone three because uh, I have issues with my speed. I like to go fast when I go for my runs. Um, but regardless zone two is where you want um the longer and the more you can be in zone two and do some zone two cardio training when you get to that hike you're going to be so well prepared for those long stretches where your body's just been like i've been here before we've done these stretches for a long time so let's just keep rolling with it and doing um that that's what your body's saying essentially is it's saying like hey i've been here before let's keep it up we can do this for a long time even when you get in the hills when you get in those hills if you're well trained uh you are going to spike in heart rate that's just the nature of hills doesn't really matter how uh trained you are we go through something called oxygen debt at the beginning um it's just we intake a lot more oxygen at the beginning and then we get on those hills and you, you've probably experienced it with stairs uh you climb up 
like one flight of stairs to get to the top you're like okay why am i so out of breath um that's oxygen debt everybody goes through that even the most trained people when they just go and hit it maybe they snap out of that a little bit quicker than you do if you aren't as trained um but everybody goes through kind of that oxygen debt um, experience when they hit the uphills, but the more trained you are, the quicker you can recover. Um, so that's what I would recommend when it comes to easiest cardio, right? Walking or that zone two cardio talking pace jog. Um, it really isn't as fast as you probably think it is. It is actually quite a slow jog, um, but it's a good way to switch it up. If you do want to really spice up that run, um, get going a little bit more, um, highly, highly encourage you not to try and burn out um, and go crazy fast. Find a good solid pace where you're working pretty hard. You know, you're not doing the whole like, yeah, okay, that kind of deal. Or like you really have to catch your breath. Um, find a nice, easy pace and do that when you're running. That's really the most enjoyable run um, when you do it that way. And uh, you're going to get the most benefit for what uh, we as adventurers are trying to do. We're trying to build this long base aerobic system. So we want to do long base, easier, lower intensity kind of cardio sessions. So keep that cardio, keep that exertion level lower, but you can really stretch it out. You know, maybe that if you're really untrained, start with a mile. But as you get closer, you can get going to like three miles, that 5K. Joint, go do a 5K. Go do a 10K. You can do that pretty easy if you keep that level pretty low. I mean, I encourage you to go check that and try that out. Um, give it a give it a whirl. Again, those start slow. You want to build up. Too many people go out and they're like, I'm going to become a runner. I'm going to start doing a 5K. So it's 5K, 5K, 5K. Your body's not, if your body's not used to running a bunch of 5Ks, it will tell you and then you'll get sore or you'll get injured and then you basically stop training and then you almost depending on where you're at you might have to start over so it's better to start slow and really build slow build if it's build like half a mile a week you'll be amazed at how how much you can do half mile every other week by the time you get to that hike you'll be like hey i've been running like five miles so i can do this 12 mile hike no problem um, also, and not just cardio, I super encourage people to strength train. Um, that's a huge one. You're going to, your muscles are just going to be able to do so much more. Uh, this is particularly important for our, uh, through hikers or our backpackers, um, because what is most unique about those individuals is they have a massive pack on their back. Um, so they're going to want, they're going to need to be able to hold a lot of weight on their back um, and then be able to walk a ton of miles. So I encourage strength training. Strength training does not have to be crazy. It does not have to be complex. It doesn't have to be anything that is what out there. You know, you'll, you're going to look on Instagram and stuff and you're going to see a lot of crazy workouts you're, and it doesn't have to be that way. Uh, when I'm working with people, whether it's with athletes or even with uh, regular clients of mine in strength training, people are asking me for advice because, yes, I am a strength certified strength and conditioning coach. Um, I passed that CSCS test. Um, my most basic 
strength program. Most basic here. It's four lifts and it's four sets of four reps with fairly moderate weight with minute to two minute rest in between each set. Okay, I'm going to replay that for you. It's four exercises with four sets, four reps, and one to two minute rest in between each set for that body part. And I'll explain that a little bit more in just a second. Um, and then it's fairly heavy weight. Okay, if you're new to strength training, start lighter. There is no shame in the game. When you go into a weight room or you go anywhere that you are strength training, leave your ego at the door because it is about you and your lift, okay? But let's go back to that basic, basic strength training. Again, four lifts. I like to do um, supersets, right? So you go back to back with them. Now you're going to be like, well, Mark, you said one to two minutes between sets. Correct. Glad you catch that. But what I mean is if we do a lower body exercise, it's one to two minutes before we touch that lower body exercise or that lower body muscle group again. Okay, so I like to pair up my deadlifts and then my shoulder presses. Okay, do a set of deadlifts, four of them, go and do that shoulder press. By the time you're done with the shoulder press, you may have like 30 seconds, you can hop back to the deadlift, right? Deadlift, 30 seconds, shoulder press, 30 seconds, deadlift, 30 seconds, shoulder press, 30 seconds. Four times, four reps, you're halfway done with your exercise. The reason why I love this gets you in and out of the training room um, of your training quick. I'm all about time efficiency. Um, so, cause I know we're all busy out there. I'm a busy person. Um, I try to get my workouts, make it most efficient, uh, most effective, um, while still getting a major workout in. Uh, but like I said, deadlift, shoulder press, squats, and a pull up or a lat pull down, right? If you can't do a pull up, try and get like a resistance band. So that way you can do like an assisted pull up. Uh, if you can't at all like that, get a lat pull down where you're just pulling down um, that bar. You see tons of people doing it. Now your next question is probably like, Mark, why and how did you pick those four exercises? And I am super glad you asked this question. Um, the deadlift and the shoulder press, that's a pull and a push, a lower body pull. You're pulling that dead weight towards your uh, midline. Uh, the shoulder press, you're pushing that weight um, against or away from your midline. Um, and then the squats and pull-ups or the lat pull-downs. Uh, a squat is a push. We're pushing the ground away. Uh, the pull-up, we're pulling up. Or the lat pull-down, we're pulling it down. Okay. Works our upper body. Works our lower body. We're getting great, great gains and low dose. Okay, that four by four, you may be sore the first few times that you do it, but you're going to hit a point where you just, you don't really get that, that sore. So if you start getting addicted to it, you actually can do this quite a bit. So you can get quite a bit of volume. Um, you should 
be doing this like three to four times a week if you can. Uh, maybe it's three at the beginning, moving to the four and five range um, to, if you want to get some major league strength. If you're not looking to get like major league strength, um, keep it to that three times, uh, three times per week. Uh, you really should not do two, but I do understand some people get really, really busy. Or if you're early on, two, you'll get a lot of it. Um, again, this is just a very basic strength program. Um, if let's say you're not fantastic with your um, squats, you don't have that um, that technique down, do some Bulgarian split squats. That's that squat where you're kind of in a lunge, but your foot's up on like a bench or something, and you're holding some dumbbells and you're kind of just uh, kind of going down in a lunge uh, on that one foot. It's a really shitty exercise in my opinion. I still do it in my strength uh, training program. I did it yesterday uh, for my leg day. Um, I absolutely hate it, um, but I still do it because this is a great single leg action. Um, it doesn't put the stress on your back like a squat does. Um, so that one's fantastic to do um, to help you if you're having some back issues when you're doing that squat or if you don't have the technique of a squat down. Um, if you're looking for a good alternative to uh, deadlifts, um, Nordic hamstrings are kind of the way to go. Um, I really kind of encourage you to try and master the deadlift though, because that's just that's just a really good exercise to do. Uh, you can do the Nordic hamstrings, or uh, if you really, really don't, you don't want to do Nordic hamstrings because those are kind of a shit show of exercise as well. Go ahead and do like a single leg RDL, um, or as I like to call them um, for to my athletes, a T-bird, um, an oil dipper is what it is, and that's just where you're standing on one leg, and then you bend at the way at the hips. You're having a good hip hinge, and you're kind of just reaching as far down as you can, and then you bring yourself up. That's a good single leg alternative. Um, really works your glutes which is what we want because if you don't work your glutes i don't give a hoot uh gets those hamstrings firing like crazy um and then what's fabulous about the single leg rdl the t-bird or the oil dipper is that's uh, a balance exercise and i'm i am a big big fan of balance i did my master's thesis on balance so whenever there's balance i try to do some balance um so that's a good alternative if you can't do the deadlift technique um, really again, though, I try and encourage you to learn that deadlift, um, technique as best as you can. Looking for an alternative to the shoulder press. If you can't do the bar, no big deal. Grab some dumbbells. Uh, doesn't have to be crazy at all. Um, again, when you're starting out, start low, build the confidence in how to do the exercise. And once you've learned how to do that exercise, the strength on that exercise will come and it will come quick. I really will. I, it really, really will. I promise you, once you get good technique, you're going to love weightlifting because you're not getting hurt. And then you're going to be getting massive gains quickly, especially with just this basic training of strength. Okay, so you got your cardio, which I encourage you, if you should try and walk every day, uh, again, call someone, go out for a walk, walk your dog, walk your dog in the morning, get that sunlight in the morning, I talked about it on my last thing, getting that sunlight in the morning, go walk your dog in the morning, go for a walk in the morning, it gets that, that zone two cardio, 
in the form of walking. So uh, we get things moving, try maybe run one or two times a week, uh, then train weights three times two at minimum five once you really get kind of going. You do those things, and if you give yourself, right, so if you have um, your hikes coming up, if you honestly give yourself like two months of doing that, uh, you will approach your hikes so much better, whether it's that through hike, whether it is that backpacking weekend, whether it is just a long day hike, or maybe you're climbing a mountain, whatever it is, you do those real basic things like that. You'll feel so, so, so much better uh, when you are hitting that hike and hitting the trails. Uh, you will, you'll be able to attack it. You really just will. Um, if you have more questions on kind of programming to help you uh, attack a hike, please, please, please go ahead, reach out to me. Um, reach out actually either on the unathletictrainer.com. Or reach out on my socials of Reverend Marcus on Instagram or, or Twitter. Uh, that's where I'm going to be able to get back to you with that training specific kind of info uh, more readily. Uh, you totally can and should reach out on the Wandering Ways email. So Wandering, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, Ways, W-A-A-Y-S, podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Hit that email, um, put training help, and uh, we will get it to me, and I'll be able to um, be able to help you out with your training. I love doing it. Um, I may even do my first call consultation for you for free. Um, I, you know, I may I won't charge you if you mention the podcast when it comes down to the training. Uh, if this becomes a regular thing, though, we may have to work out some sort of financial thing. But the first time, if you mention the podcast and you want some training help, mention uh, the podcast and I'll get some training help for you, helping design, helping implement, helping with technique as much as I can, even if it's remotely. Um, mention the podcast and training help on the on the socials, on the email, or theunathletictrainer.com. Um, those are all fantastic places to find me to help you train because I want you guys to crush these hikes. I want you guys to be able to accomplish any amazing view hike out there. I do not want you to say, I don't know if I can do this hike because I'm not fit enough. That is malarkey. And we are going to make you and your dreams come true because motion is the potion, baby. We want to get you out there doing some awesome things in nature. So I was kind of thinking of getting into sport fishing again, but I feel like I need a good quality net. Well, you know what, Reverend? I got the key solution for you. You know, our friends at Blue Ribbon Net make this eco-friendly aquafade bag so you're not hurting the environment it's 100% biodegradable plus the wood is locally sourced and it is also biodegradable and it's just such a great company to use um, the blue ribbon nets they're here in Bozeman Montana and we even have a discount code that's right if you use the code rugaroo10 that's right that's my jeep the rugaroo rugaroo10 R-U-G-A-R-U-1-0 
you're going to get some discount on a blue ribbon net. You know, you can get the long one if you're fishing the big fish, or you can get just the good river one, you know, if you're like me and just want to catch a lot of fish. So again, make sure you go check out Blue Ribbon and use the promo code RUGAROO10. Hey, hey there, Reverend. Um, I heard that you might be running dry on your sticker supplier. Yeah, I've been looking around and I've kind of like run out of cool stickers to buy and put on water bottles and stuff. Well, I, I mean, have you seen the stuff Josh has been coming out with lately? No, I have not. Well, he is doing some really cool stuff with the Shop LS574. Yes, they're working with indigenous communities and making some really cool stickers. Um, he has a really cool buffalo mountain sticker. There's even water bottles, hats, sweatshirts, the whole swag. And we even got a discount code for you guys. Yes, if you use Wandering Ways at Shop LS574, you're going to be getting a discount on your next purchase. But not only that, you're going to be giving a percentage of that sale to the Little Shell Tribe, as well as they donate a dollar of every sale to murdered and missing Indigenous women. So just such a cool thing going on there. You know, you use the code WANDERINGWAYS, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G-W-A-Y-S, and you put that in there, boom, you're getting a discount. All right, so because it is a solo episode and I'm not going to be doing my favorite segment of cool shit in nature because I got no one other than you guys, the listeners, to kind of share this. Most of the time, it's just me sharing stuff with to Zach that I think is really cool and I also think you guys will find very cool. Um, I don't have any cool shit in nature stuff uh, for you guys this week. Instead, I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm going to keep it fitness related because that is just what I do. Um, and I'm going to make this more of a fitness, fit, health and fitness tip section. It's a real quick one because um, I don't want to take too much time because I want to talk about how to survive those long hikes. Um, but before we get going with that, I want to tell you this, and it's all about breathing, 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 breathing. When it comes to breathing, most of us uh, do unfortunately breathe wrong. I uh, used to be one of these wrong breathers. Um, I've done a ton of reading on breathing and I love it. I love breathing. I love the breath. We can control so much through the breath. Uh, if we want to get excited, we can do it through breath. If we want to calm down, we can do it through breath. Uh, if we want to have better health outcomes in life, right, get better sleep, have a better uh, sex life, that yes, believe it or not, breathing can help you there. Uh, if you want to get sick less, uh, breathing is kind of the way to go. It really is. Um, and how you do it is mainly through breathing through our nose, nasal breathing. It's one of the more important things uh, that we can do. It's the biggest habit change out there that we can do that will help us out in the long run um, for our overall health. And it's breathing through our nose. You start breathing through your nose, you're going to feel better in a lot of aspects. Now, a lot of you probably have some major league questions for me when it comes down to it. You're probably like, Mark, first question I have for you. Um, 
My nose is stuffy all the time. I can't breathe through my nose. And what I'm going to say to you is you can actually fix that. One, the first way to do it is actually start breathing through your nose. The more you breathe through your nose, the easier it actually will become later. Okay. I used to also be a little bit clogged up in the nose, but as I've breathed, done my breathing through the nose, I've gotten a lot better at it. Still have a long ways to go. I've been mouth breathing this whole time, mainly because I'm talking. And when you talk, you do a lot more mouth breathing than usual. But I breathe so much more through my nose. I even catch myself when I'm breathing through my mouth. And I almost like kick myself when I do it. Uh, the other way, if you are clogged, uh, I'm going to teach you guys how to do it. Uh, I'm also going to do it here on the podcast. Uh, so for anybody just listening, there will probably be a moment of kind of like silence. And it's because I'm trying to demo something uh, so everyone can see it. Um, I'm going to talk through it first. But how you do it is you just casually breathe and you're going to do it through your breath, through your nose. Breathe through your nose. Don't do it long. Don't do it short. Just normal breathing, right? You're just going to go through the nose. No big deal. After a couple of those, you're going to breathe Breathe in as normal, and then you are going to exhale through the nose completely out. So exhale all the way out. You're going to take your fingers. You're going to plug your nose. You're going to kind of hold your breath and then start shaking your head a little bit. Hold it as long as you can until you feel that need to breathe, and then breathe in through your nose. That's very crucial that you breathe in through your nose, kind of get back to your normal breathing rate, normal breath rate, do it again. Okay, I'm only going to demo one set for everyone, but here we go. I'm only going to do like two normal breaths because I don't want to keep it silent for too long. Okay, here, so here we go. I'm going to plug the nose here. Breathing normal, back to my normal breath, boom. That right there, you're going to start breathing. Uh, that's going to help clear up that nose. You got to do it a couple times. You can't just do it one uh, one time, and you, you have to keep doing it a couple times. If you don't like my explanation of it, no offense taken, uh, there are other sources that go through it probably better. And people who know a little bit more about breathing than I do, uh, look up the Oxygen Advantage. Uh, Patrick McEwen, love that guy. Read both of his books. Um, he's fabulous. If you look up Oxygen Advantage, you'll find a ton on breathing. You should go check it out, uh, mainly so you can breathe a lot better. Second question that you guys probably have about nasal breathing is uh, when it comes to sleep, you're like, Mark, I'm a snorer. I sleep with my mouth open. I'm asleep. I can't control. I don't even know if I'm sleeping with my mouth open uh, because I I'm asleep. It's pretty simple. Um, my tip to you is tape your mouth shut. Seems silly. Seems ridiculous. When I tell people that I do it, I get a lot of weird stares. I'm not going to lie. I get a lot of weird stares, uh, to be honest. A lot of people actually don't even believe me when I say that I tape my mouth shut when I go to bed. And I do. I really do. 
what I, all I do before I go to bed helps me kind of also cue that I'm going to bed. Um, but all I do, put a little chapstick on the old lips, and then I take not a big piece, just enough to get kind of the middle of my mouth. The corners are still actually um, not all the way taped. Um, you know, it's not crazy taped in case I want to get a glass of water in the middle of the night. Um, you know, there it is. I taped shut and it works. I wake up most nights it's still there sometimes i even forget it's there and i go to wake up in the morning i go to like reach for my glass of water and i try and open my my mouth the tape on and it ain't budging because the tape's there um so i get great sleep when i do it um there are a few times where i'll wake up and the tape is actually falling off in the middle of the night no big deal i don't fret about it next night tape it up <laughs> you know it is what it is especially when you're starting out Probably going to tape's going to fall off a bunch of times, but really it will help. You won't snore. You won't, you'll slowly kind of fix some of your other sleep issues. Um, when you start taping your mouth shut while you sleep, and then you'll start getting great sleep. You're going to wake up refreshed. You're not going to have a dry mouth. You're going to be like, let's go and own the day. Let's go own the training. Let's go get on our major league big time hike right? Because we got great sleep. It starts with sleep. Um, <clears throat> last breathing thing, uh, and I'm actually going to use it to segue into how to survive um, hikes, is it's called the physiological sigh. What is the physiological sigh? The physiological sigh. I first heard from a wonderful podcast, some of you guys, some of you guys and girls may have heard of it already, but it's a Huberman lab. Comes from Andrew Huberman. That's where I heard it first. I don't think he actually came up with it. Uh, in fact, I know he didn't come up with it. He's just a big fan of it and helps spread that word. Uh, but he does a great job because I heard about it. <laughs> but what the physiological side does is it kind of downregulates real quick that autonomic nervous system lowers the blood pressure, lowers the heart rate. So if you are really getting amped up, right, climbing some stairs, climbing a hill, that heart rate's going to go way, way up, get to the top, do this physiological sigh six times, and all of a sudden you'll be like, okay, we can keep this going a little bit more. What is the physiological sigh? Glad you asked, and here is the answer uh, it is a double inhale with a long exhale. Ideally, the exhale's through the nose, but not if it's not, that's okay. But the inhale is through the nose. So it's a. You're going to notice I did it through the mouth that time. Again, that's no big deal. Double exhale, inhale, long exhale. Okay. It really does work. It's surprisingly well. I did it a lot of times during my marathon that I ran in Missoula this last summer. I'd start feeling a little bit tired. Things were going, like my heart rate was going. I'm like, oh, shoot, I still have like miles to go. While I'm running, I'm doing this. So you can do it while you walk. Stop if you need to. Go. You're going to feel yourself kind of just almost kind of like relax a little bit. And you're going to be able to push. You're going to be able to recover a little bit. So that way you're not just burning out like crazy. Um, 
when you get to the top of a steep climb and you see some get to the top of it or you're on a break because you've been climbing for miles do this double inhale with the long exhale again five six times you're gonna feel you're gonna feel it you're gonna be like okay we can keep going. We can get to the top here. We can keep this a chugging away. And all of a sudden, you feel way better on this hike. You really do if you do those things, right? So that's helping you on the hike. Other things that help you on the hike and other things that are super, super crucial to make sure that you survive your hike and that you crush that through hike or that backpacking weekend or that long day hike or short day hike if you're really uh is hydration, hydrate or dehydrate, everybody. You've heard me talk about it before. Uh, we even used to do ads way back in the early days of the podcast. Now we're talking early days of the podcast. Uh, but hydration, hydrate or dehydrate. This is more than just water. This is electrolytes. You got to ingest electrolytes. You got to get in salt. Because if you actually drink too much water, you'll start to get a lot of the same symptoms as dehydration, but it's actually called hyponatremia, and it's actually more deadly than dehydration. Uh, people mostly die from hyponatremia. Um, that's when the cells really start to swell with water, and it's just bad news. But you do got to you gotta take in those that sodium, water, potassium, and magnesium. I personally carry like chewable salt tablets that have potassium, magnesium, and uh, sodium in it. I carry lots of water. I drink water. I primarily drink water in my everyday. I even drink salt water once a day. I just put a pinch of salt in a cup of water. It's super important. Hydrate or dehydrate. You just feel so, 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 so much better when you are hydrating uh, when you're out there, especially in the heat. If you're out there in the heat, you got to have that water. Uh, also in the cold, you actually do need it in the cold. You, anytime you're exerting any kind of energy, you're going to need some water. You're going to spend it. Um, you're going to be losing. Your body needs that water. So just go out there, hydrate. It, I know it sounds crazy. You've heard about water through hikers talk about water. Long hikers, we all talk about water. We want water filtration systems, all that fun jazz. You also need the electrolytes though. Yeah, that's just as important when it comes down to it. Um, going along uh, next from hydration, we're talking how to cool the body down uh, on those hot hikes, right? Maybe you're in the desert. Maybe it's in the summer. How do you survive the heat? Um, it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. Um, I First, I recommend trying to dress light and breathable, right? You don't want to just be sitting in that sweat and having that body kind of just radiate the heat back and forth. Um, that's my first tip uh, because not all hikes have some sort of water source for my next tip. But when you're out there trying to dress to where you can get some breeze, airflow, take lots of breaks, Make sure you're drinking extra, extra, extra water and extra electrolytes on those hot ones if you can't find water source. Because uh, in cold water, if you're somewhere where we don't have access to uh, a whole lot of water, ideally try to find some cold because the cold water will actually help cool the body temp, uh, the body core down, um, which will help protect you against heat. If you come across a stream, right, and 
you want to cool down, but you don't want to jump in this stream or river or lake. You just kind of want to cool down. My next tip is something a lot of people don't believe me for, but it is super amazing, super simple, and it cools the body down way more efficiently than any other way. And that's cooling our palms. Now you can do the bottoms of your feet, but most of the time we wear shoes. You can also do the upper parts of your face, right? For me, for the viewers, it's everywhere that doesn't have uh, hair, uh, which for me is not a lot of places, but it's everywhere that doesn't have hair, right? But palms are the easiest because we don't typically wear gloves. Stick it in the cold water or the cool water. Hopefully it's not so cold that we vasoconstrict and you don't get the body, uh, the temperature doesn't actually drop. But the reason why this works is this is called globulous skin. And the way the blood system works is it typically goes arteries, capillaries to veins. When we're at our globulous skin, so these hairless parts, right? Palms, upper face, bottoms of the feet. We don't have capillaries. So we're able to offload heat way, way easier. How do I know this is a legit thing? When you're hot in your bed, what is the thing that all of us do? We stick a foot out because that's how we are dumping feet or heat, sorry, is through our foot. Okay. That's that globular skin offloading the heat. Same thing with the palms. Sticking in there for a minute or two while you're breaking, taking a break, doing your double inhales, long exhales right? You found that stream. You're going to cool down real quick. You're going to feel real good. You're going to recover real quick and you're going to crush the next part of your hike. You really will if you do this simple one. I do this heating trick all the time, this cool down method all the time. I just bought a thing that's going to help me do a little apparatus like bar thing that's going to help me do this Palmer cooling anywhere I want. I just need my bar that has some cold, wa cool water in it. Okay. It's super, super important. Moving on to the cold weather, right? Cold, cold. How to survive a cold hike. Uh, it's kind of the opposite. We got to layer up, right? Put on some wool socks, get some gloves, uh, get a nice beanie, keep that heat, get a good winter coat, right? Try and not get wet. If you do get wet, that's no big deal. Try and dry that off as quickly as possible. If you can't do that, try and what you want to do is you don't really want to stop to where the cold can get it and make it real, real cold liquid because then you'll really drop temp real quick. Um, and you don't want that happening when you're out there because you don't want hypothermia. You can also try and heat the body up um, while you're out there. I good old back and forth with the hands, rubbing the hands. If you have gloves on, this helps out a ton, right? Stick them under your armpits. Really, those aren't that palms underneath the armpits, right? Just stay moving, especially when you're out in that cold. Wool socks are amazing. Wool gloves are amazing. There's so many amazing winter coats out there. Um, I encourage you, if you're going to go on a winter adventure, get a good winter coat. Get a good rain jacket. If you're going to go somewhere where it's going to be raining, uh, that's going to help you big time, right? 
Uh, if you're doing the whole backpacking thing, uh, you're afraid of rain that's going to get cold and you're in the desert where the temp drops real, real cold in the evening, or you're in the mountains where it drops real, real cold in the evening, make sure you have some sort of cover. Try and keep you dry as best as you can, right? That's going to be your biggest help whenever the cold, cold things. Getting a good sleeping bag if you're sleeping out there too. You want to get one that's going to keep you warm, keep that heat in. Because there's nothing, nothing that is more frustrating than waking up cold while you are out camping. All right. Sorry, I'm yawning. Really apologetic there. Now, on to the thing that probably Mr. Zach Gray 250 or Ranger Zach needs to do the most, and that is fuel, i.e. food, i.e. calories, right? When we're doing hikes, it's a different kind of fuel system than our like marathon or our runners or even our bodybuilders, our big lifters, our soccer players, our football players, our basketball players. It's a, actually a different kind of fuel that we want. Because hiking is typically of the lower intensity, we actually want more fat, more protein. That's why Cliff Bars have a decent amount of fat in them and that protein in it. They have carbs because carbs, we use that as energy. It's quick energy. But fat is a slow burn, right? And I'm not saying fat as in go out and just eat crap, right? Fat, if good fat that you get from food, the good sources, it's actually good for you and you're probably going to ingest a lot more than you think that you uh, can, right? I eat quite a bit of fat. Um, I tried to go fat adaptive as a little experiment. It was great. I was eating a lot of things like butter. Who doesn't like good butter? Um, but I was able to do a lot of long, low intensity um, sessions of all sorts of kinds because that fat is that slow burn, lots of energy at that slow burn, right? You still do need the car the carbs because carbs, quick energy, it's our, it's our like jet fuel, but we run out of it real quick. Um, fat, that's that slow burn and we're able to just go for a good while. Super encourage people, PB&Js. I think I talked about it being one of my favorites. I think it was like number two on my adventure snacks um, is the PB&J. It's because it's got everything. It's got carbs, it's got fats, and it's got protein. Um, that's why I absolutely love it. Because when I'm going on an adventure, that's what I want. I want fats, carbs, and proteins. It's got great fats from the peanut butter, proteins from the peanut butter, sugars to the uh, jelly, uh, car carbs is sugar, um, carbs from the bread, right? You're able to get a whole lot of that that good good in there. And then protein bars. Grab some Cliff bars. Grab your favorite protein bar that has a good amount of protein. You know, classic ones are around like 15 to 20 grams protein. 12 is fine. Um, throw a bunch of protein bars in there um, and you'll be good. If you're going on the long, like the through hikes, uh, you know, those freeze-dried meals and stuff, a lot of those have a high protein. Uh, when you are looking for foods, um, when you're doing those long, long hike adventures, whatnot, I encourage you to try and look for high fat, high protein. Um, that's going to help you be able to do it uh, real long, long term. Uh, again, the carbs are nice though. Don't get me wrong. Eat those carbs. You're going to love it when you get those carbs because the carbs are all good stuff. 
carbs are all those good foods. So is fat though. Fat's got a lot of good stuff. Or there's a lot of good foods. Butter. That's the one I keep thinking about because who doesn't love butter? Butter. That shit's that shit's amazing. Um, but anyways, fuel's just as important. You got to make sure when you're doing the hydrating and you're doing the fuel, uh, fueling for these hikes, it's not just day of. Yes, day of is important, and you need to make sure you're eating throughout the hike if you're going to be out there for a long, long time. We're talking more than 90 minutes. You're going to be eating on these hikes. Uh, shorter term, maybe go for more carbs, so those like dried fruits, um, those things, or the PB&J. That works fantastic. If you're going for those real, real long ones, that's when you want the protein bars on those hikes. Uh, dried fruit's still good. PB&Js are still good. Um, those kind of deals. But when you're hydrating fueling, most of the bang for your buck is before, 24 hours before you start or before that even so, making sure you are eating well, well before the beginning of this hike, this adventure. If you fuel and hydrate well before you start this hike or this adventure, you will survive that adventure, that hike way better than if you went into it not full not feeded and went into it fasted okay you just you're building up your energy supply to then use it on this hike especially for our long through hikers get that fuel in right away you're gonna need it you're gonna burn it right go crazy with it as if you're the through hikers because you're probably going to use it all up in your hike. I'm willing to bet you are. You're going to be burning thousands and thousands of calories on these through hikes because you're just hiking for days, miles. It's like crazy. These people are nuts, but they do it, but I love it. I think they're amazing people, but they have a little bit of crazy. In them. <laughs> but, okay, that's how you can survive these hikes um, out there through the hydration, the fueling what to do if it's hot, what to do if it's cold. Those are some helpful hints because it's time for the final words and the final words or the reverend's words of wisdom because I'm the only one left or the only one here today. I wasn't left. I didn't start with somebody. But I'm the only one here today and the reverend's final words stay beautiful everybody i cannot tell you how much i appreciate every single one of you. If you listen today extra extra love for uh, me today because i love talking about this stuff and i love when people listen to me about this stuff um so if you have more questions about these kind of things or you want more information or you want me to help you out with the training program more specifically because that's what i'm certified in not certified in nutrition and anything so i can't help you too much i do have some basic tips there um, and i can help you out with some real basic things but i can't write anything up for you like i can when it comes to uh, training but if you do want any of it hit up reverend marcus on instagram on twitter hit up the unathletic there's some great info there my strava is there which is always fun uh, i encourage you to uh, follow me on strava if you know what strava is if you don't know what strava is don't worry about it um there's a lot of stuff at the unathletic trainer.com make sure you're checking out all the other podcast stuff wandering way stuff um you know there's a lot of good stuff i think we just got done doing a cluster uh, we had the Big Ben one. We got some great things coming up here in the near future. So make sure you're following Wandering Ways on Instagram. 
follow us on YouTube. If you're listening, hit the subscribe, hit the alert button so you know when these come out, even though it comes out on Wednesday mornings. Um, but make sure you're hitting all of that fun stuff. It helps us out too. Review us on Spotify, review us on uh, Apple. Um, we love comments. We love to interact with all of our wanderers out there. Um, so that being said, though, peace out.